It is Friday, September 10th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 1 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schiaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this season, we are welcoming in a brand new co-host from Team Riser Fall, Mitch Carl. Welcome to the DFS Pod family, Mitch. It feels good. I appreciate you all having me here. And I think we're going to help all the listeners and viewers win some serious money this year, at least be in a good spot to uh, make some improvements in their game and take the step forward. So thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping that you can help me improve my game, but we'll get to more from Mitch in a minute. First, let me tell you that this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. So, Mitch, before we get to our player picks, tell us a little bit about your DFS background, how long you've been playing these games. Yeah, so it's been quite a while. I've had I've had an interesting journey. I started all the way back in 2013. Uh, didn't start taking it seriously until about three years ago, and uh, it's just kind of escalated to where I am now. It, it was initially just a writing assignment that I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I kind of want to write about some fancy sports. I like this stuff. And, you know, and now uh, we've got the website over there, teamreservefall.com. So it's all things DFS 24 seven, 365. And it's my life now, Matt. So I'm excited to be here and, and talk DFS. It's, it's something I'm passionate about and hopefully it shows on screen tonight and I'm able to help everyone out and uh, at least not send them down the wrong path. So <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm here for is to make jokes and send people down the wrong path. <laughs> So let's start getting to those paths and we'll start at QB and Jared, why don't you tell us what you like for cash quarterbacks on DraftKings this week? And so I settled on Jalen Hurts in my current cash game lineup. I mean, I think as always, there's lots of different directions you can go at quarterback in cash games. I think Sam Darnold is, is a cheap option if you want to go there. I just don't think you need that salary savings this week. Um, so Jalen Hurts, I mean, I, I always like getting rushing quarterbacks, especially in cash, because it just kind of lays that floor with the rushing. Jalen Hurts last year in his three full games, he scored 13.6, 12.6, and 6.9 DraftKings points just with his rushing alone. Um, he ended up topping uh, 23 total points in all three of those outings. Um, I, I like this Eagles-Falcons game. I think it is shootout potential you know, in, in a dome, two beatable defenses. Um, so I, I like Hurts for 6400 bucks in cash games. I certainly like Jalen Hurts as well, uh, you know, for all the reasons that you say. And I always start out looking at the cheap guys just because later in the season, I think it's going to become more important. But the, as you look down all the pricing lists this week, it's clear that you don't actually need savings as much as you normally do. I do think that Sam Darnold is still in play in that 5K range. He has upside this week and he has attractive stacking options. Robbie Anderson is $400 cheaper than DJ Moore, but both of those guys are in range. Terrace Marshall is at the minimum price if we're looking to make, um, you know, tournament stacks out of these guys. And then obviously there's Christian McCaffrey to pay up with some of that money that you're saving. You can, he's one of the few running backs that I think you can really stack with the quarterback. Um, Mitch, what are you thinking for cash at quarterback this week? Yeah. So listen, I'm from Rochester, just like you guys, right? I'm down here at DC plant now, but I am trying not to be biased, but it's very difficult. Josh Allen, man, I'm paying up just because of one of the reasons why Jared just said 
salary is abundant. You can get all sorts of value plays everywhere, all over all the positions. Wide receiver has a dozen of them between 3 and 4.5K that are viable options this week. And so I'm looking at a guy who has scored 29 or more in eight games last season, scored 18 or uh, less just four times. And even when he did so, he really didn't ruin you, so to speak. We're talking 16, 15 points. You know, never really ran out there and scored six, seven points. And he's only seven point, I believe 7.4K to start off on DraftKings. You know, we're getting him at a little bit of a discount to start the season off. And I get that it's against Pittsburgh, a team, one of the teams that did give him uh, some problems last year. But listen, it's week one. Team is healthy for the most part. And uh, this team looked dangerous in the preseason. And I, I don't see any reason for me personally not to be paying for Josh Allen in week one. Mitch, do you tend to set one cash lineup and then apply it everywhere? Or do you usually go with multiple? Yeah, Matt, uh, just fully transparent. I, as now I've gone full-time pro-life, I don't play mm -hmm. cash games. I honestly have yeah. gone full GBPs. I, you know, it's not that I can't identify them. My, my website has, you know, ownership projections and all sorts of metrics and things. So I'm able to identify the players that I believe would be fine cash options if I were to be playing them. So that is probably worth mentioning as we are going through this podcast that I will easily be able to identify whom I believe is a fine cash option, but my money is going to be tied up in tournaments, man. Yeah, I got you. Well, let's jump to the tournament side and talk about what you like at quarterback first there. Yeah, so I like actually what you had earlier mentioned with Sam Darnold. Uh, I, I think he's a phenomenal play this week, and uh, he looked great. And the team looked like they legitimately were testing him in that third preseason game. I think he threw the ball 26 times in you know two quarters of play. They wanted to see what they had there, and they wanted to get that offense gelling. There's a lot of you know fine mid-tier priced options that I think will go overlooked this week because of all that value. Everyone's going to be doing studs and duds this week. And I think Sam Darnold actually leads you to a different type of lineup construction. You're able to stack Sam Darnold with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, both 5.7, 6.1K, while the rest of the industry says, use Terrace Marshall. He's 3K min price. Well, that also will lead to a higher ownership. And you can run it back on the other side and have Corey Davis at 5.8K. Again, we're, we're focusing on that mid-tier of wide receivers, while the rest of the industry is saying pay up, pay down, grit, get Devontae Adams, get Marquez Callaway, grab Terrace Marshall. And we're saying, well, we're going to zig while you're all zagging. Give me those guys in the middle that no one's touching. Yeah, I, I like that game a lot. I'm not sure I'll get to Darnold himself, but I like at least doing like mini stacks with like wide receivers on both sides of that game. So play Robbie Anderson with Corey Davis or DJ Moore with Elijah Moore um, in that game. I, I definitely like it. I think both defenses are bad. Um, I like Ryan Tannehill. For tournament, sixty five hundred bucks on DraftKings. I mean, he he has been a high ceiling quarterback throughout his time in Tennessee. Just last year, he had six games of twenty six plus DraftKings points. You know, this this Titans Cardinals game has the highest over under, or the second highest over under on the main slate. Um, the Titans have the second highest implied total on the main slate at twenty seven and a half points. Arizona's top three cornerbacks: Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, Marco Wilson. Murphy's okay. Robert Alford hasn't played since 2018. Marco Wilson's a fourth-round rookie. I, I just don't think the Cardinals have a chance to slow down A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones. The, the risk is that Derrick Henry does all the scoring, but you know that, that's a risk I'm willing to take in tournaments. Yeah, we talked about it last year. A lot of times Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry do their scoring in the same games because it's just Tennessee scoring a bunch of points. Derrick Henry does a lot of second-half scoring in games where Tennessee has, has jumped out to leads. Jared, who are you stacking primarily with Ryan Tannehill? Is it uh, A.J. Brown or sub-7K Julio Jones? Um, 
potentially both. If, if I'm picking one, it's AJ Brown. Um, I, I just think AJ Brown is underpriced. Like I think he's in play for cash at his price. Um, so I like him for tournaments, even outside of Tannehill stacks. But if I'm using Tannehill, I'd consider using both Brown and Julio. Um, and then I'd be running it back with the Cardinal, either DeAndre Hopkins or Rondell Moore, or even, even Chase Edmonds, I think is in play at his price tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole game's got the week, th- got this week's third highest over under. It should be an up-tempo matchup on both sides. It should be plenty of points, um, scored for both teams. I also want to throw in Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Um, the matchup got better for Metcalf with Xavier Rhodes being ruled out for the Colts. He's at 7,500. So we're talking about spending up. 7k for Russell Wilson so maybe Mitch that's that studs and duds thing do you think that that's going to be a higher own stack with people playing 3k receivers and the like no you know and and that's probably worth mentioning too Matt you bring up a good point I don't I'm not entirely sure there's going to be uber chalk on anybody this week Mm -hmm. I mean it's a big 2016 13 game slate there's so many viable options the pricing is extremely soft as it always is in week one it allows the casuals to jump in give it a shot try it out and enjoy it. And that's honestly what this is all for, right? We should be enjoying ourselves playing DFS. Not everybody has to be a pro. Mm -hmm. And when we're playing in these types of uh, weeks where the pricing is as soft as it is, I don't think we're going to see any ownership to a level where we have to necessarily be concerned. I think you can be aware of the different types of guys who will be chalky, but even the chalky levels will be a lot less than what we'll see in week four, week five. So I'm okay with virtually anybody in any format this week to some extent, especially if we're talking tournaments. The only difference that I would make if you're entering small field tournaments versus large field tournaments is whom to use in each. If we're talking about an extremely volatile pick, you don't need to use that low price, extremely volatile guy in a tournament less than 100 people. If you're entering a massive tournament, go ahead, you know, throw that dart. You're going to be fine. Uh, before we get away from the quarterbacks, Ozzy in on YouTube wants to know whether anybody is worried about the Steelers' defense against Josh Allen this week. I mean, it's not an ideal matchup. I think that's priced in, though, at his DK price, like Mitch mentioned. I mean, uh, Allen's cheaper than Kyler Murray this week, who I do think has the better matchup. I mean, when you factor in salary, I think Allen makes plenty of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, part of it for me, too, is you know, if we're talking cash, I like their running ability. You know, I like the, the red zone equity, and, you know, he's always – he's – 300 yard, you know, bonus over there on DraftKings. I mean, he literally checks all the boxes for what I want for a cash game quarterback. And yeah, the matchup is not, you know, extremely appealing, uh, but the price tag is and the upside's there. And, you know, for me personally, and maybe this is worth mentioning, if you're playing cash games, I'm a big proponent of playing very small three and five man leagues. I like head to heads, in which case you're still worried to some extent about your scoring ceiling. You can't just go out there thinking floor, 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 because you still have to beat you know, 60% or so of your head to head opponents. I think, I think especially this week, ceiling is more important because like you said, the, like you said, Mitch, the pricing is so soft. I think you have to assume that it's going to take higher scores than usual to win this week. Yeah. And I have seen others say, I believe it was Adam Levitan that pointed that out to, you have to score about 240 to 260 to win GPPs this week. So um, plan for that ceiling as the, as the guys here are saying over to running back now, Jared, what do you like for cash? Um, I'll throw out Joe Mixon. You know, I've been talking about all off season, but 6,200 bucks. Um, I just, I think he's the best touch per dollar value on the week one slate. I mean, Mixon, Mixon averaged 19.8 carries 4.3 targets in his six full games last year. And I, I'm not going to say he's going to average more than that this season, but I mean, there's, there's a chance because Gio Bernard is gone who, you know, stole some passing game work last season. So I think with Mixon, you know, he's a safe bet, especially with Joe Burrow in his first game coming off the, you know, multi-ligament knee injury. Um, 
I think I think Mixon is a good bet for twenty plus touches. So at sixty two hundred bucks, he he just makes a lot of sense. He's a nice floor playing cash. Yeah, Minnesota normally a good defense, but they were terrible last year, and especially against the run, 30th and run defense DVOA. So we'll see where that goes this year. They added plenty to the defensive line, got some guys back healthy. So uh, I, I certainly agree with the touch expectation for Mixon. And there are uh, several guys, at least, I think, in that range where normally like the we, we like paying up for touch certainty at running back, but this week you can get touch certainty without paying up for it. Najee Harris is another guy who's basically the same price as Joe Mixon. Looked very similar, I think, in terms of full season drafting. He's not going to be at $6,300 most of the year if Najee Harris gets the workload that we're all expecting him to get in Pittsburgh. So I think he's a good place to go for that touch certainty this week. And I think you can put both of those guys in lineups together. Mitch, what do you like for cash running back? Yeah, I like uh, quite a few of them this week, and I think partially is just because of that soft price. I mean, Antonio Gibson, potentially 20, 25 touches. James Robinson just found himself back into that RB1 role. He has just 6.4K. 24.25 implied team total for the Jaguars is interesting to me. You know, Gibson, not the greatest matchup against the Chargers, so you could go with James Robinson there if you'd like. Chris Carson. You know, at Indy at 5.9K, likely a little bit better of a GPP option. You know, of course, CMC, the lock of the century for cash games in week one. My goodness, at 9.5K, you're going to be paying 10.8, 11K here in a month if all goes well for Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to eat that salary up right now. And, you know, the two guys I'm probably paying up for on this slate would be Josh Allen and Christian McCaffrey in cash games. You know, I liked what Jared said about Kyler Murray. I think he's another fine option. Again, I think there's a half dozen at each position where they're all viable options. I mean, even Delvin Cook, but those types of guys, you know, you're starting to look at trying to pick uh, one player versus the other when they have very similar floor and ceiling combinations. So it's hard for me to sit here and say, I love Cook more than McCaffrey in tournaments, but I love McCaffrey more in cash games. I think they're all okay for everything, honestly, you know, especially when we're talking about these elite backs. We're talking about the mid-tier, though. It's uh, Antonio Gibson and Josh uh, James Robinson for me. I think Mike Davis is another guy to actually consider in that range. 5,400. Nice matchup for him against Philly. They're home, They're starting off the season as home favorites. Wayne Gallman has not been around that long to soak up uh, touches. Cordero Patterson is the number two running back on the depth chart right now. So I think that if you like Mike Davis heading into the season, you go ahead and bet on him at this low price and get some touches. Maybe it's more of a tournament thing because none of us has seen him or this Atlanta offense yet, but I think he's an option across formats here. This is why I don't like week one. There's just, there's too many good options. Like right. I, I, I almost prefer Alvin Kamara over Christian McCaffrey for the $900 savings. That you know, I might look stupid saying that in you know three days, um, but I just think, you know, Traquan Smith's out now too. Like there's, there's no one, for Winston to throw to besides Kamara and Kelly. So I think Kamara's going to soak up, soak up a lot of targets. I think Aaron Jones on the other side of the game at 6,800 bucks is a good option. So there, you know, there's just a ton of, ton of running backs that I think makes sense just from a volume perspective this week. On the tourney side and Mitch, I agree with you on Chris Carson kind of fitting a little bit better here, just because I, I guess for a couple of reasons, there are so many guys to choose from. So it's, it helps to sort a little bit and his matchup isn't great. There's a chance that the Colts shut down the run game, but there's also a chance that Seattle's tempo is for real. We've heard all the reports about it, that they're going to run this up-tempo offense and they run a bunch of plays and they score some points. And if they score some points, Chris Carson's probably going to be involved in that. So I'm betting on him getting plenty of touches, you know, similar to the conversation with Mixon and Najee Harris, maybe not quite to the same level, but he might be at the same level because now all we have is Rashad Penny 
and some other dudes that you're going to hear from only occasionally. Yeah. And I, you know, I really like Chris Carson this week too, because simply because a lot of people are going to look at Antonio Gibson and they'll look at James Robinson and they'll look at the Mike Davis and they'll say more comfortable, more comfortable, more comfortable. And then you'll look at Chris Carson. They say, nah, Colts defense kind of scary. Darius Leonard, just, you know, roam in the middle of the field. He's everywhere. Right. So they want to use Chris Carson, although he has insane touchdown equity. A guy has had six receiving touchdowns over the last two years. So even if he doesn't get that red zone work on the ground, the guy's always a threat to catch one, run it in from five, six yards out. You know, potentially if this pace up offense of Seattle gives him four to six pass catching targets, you're building your floor and your ceiling both a little bit higher due to that receiving element. And on top of that, I mean, Chris Carson is one of those guys who I think is a threat for 10 to 12 touchdowns easily this year if he gets the workload that we think he'll get. And I really, really like Chris Carson in week one simply because of the discomfort that even I have when I'm talking about him right now over those other guys who are in better spots. And I mean, even when we're talking team totals and stuff too, right? I mean, Chris Carson had a 26-point applied team total, four more points than Antonio Gibson's a Washington football team. So, you know, even Joe Mixon at 22.25 implied team uh, total. So I, I just see these little price point pivots and I see these spots where I'm looking at a guy who's maybe, you know, nine to 12% owned compared to Mixon at 15 to 18. And there are little margins uh, of differential, uh, you know, they don't make a ton of difference on their own, but if you do a whole lineup full of them, it does add up. Chris Carson's the guy that I always want to play because I like him and I like his opportunity and I, I find a reason to talk myself out of playing him. And then he scores twice. And I'm like, ah, shut up, played Chris Carson. <laughs> but you have him on like all your best ball teams, so you're, you're still happy. That's right. Jared, what do you like here? Um, yeah, so again, I like Kamara. Um, Mitch, what do you think Kamara is going to come in much lower owned than McCaffrey? Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we're going to see all these guys somewhere in between like 15 to 25%. Honestly, I don't think there'll be too much of a differential. Uh, currently we have CMC as the highest own, of course, both Camara and Delvin cook are within three percentage points, uh, based on our current initial projections. So I'm not entirely sure it matters too much if you're using one in cash and one in tournaments, I don't think you need to differentiate that way. I think just whatever you think has the highest scoring potential circling back to what you mentioned in the first part of the, sh the show. Scoring ceiling is everything this week, especially in tournaments and definitely matters in cash games this week, circling back to all the way what Adam Levantan was saying. Everything matters as far as scoring ceiling in week one. So I'm there with both you guys. Uh, I like all of them. And I know that's not like groundbreaking analysis, but I also don't want to be up here fluffing things up and saying, no, this guy's a better play for cash in tournaments. But I don't believe that. I think these guys are all interchangeable across some of these things. I think Kamara potentially is the one guy I am maybe looking at a little bit more GBP leaning. But, I mean, it's Alvin Kamara, man. And uh, somebody's got to catch the ball. Somebody's got to run the ball. And it looks like he's going to be doing both of those things. So, Yeah, de definitely just questions of you know what that Saints offense will look like without Drew Brees for the first time in like 10 years. But, again, I think I think Kamara could catch like seven, eight, nine balls in this yeah. game. So I like him. And GPPs. Um, I mentioned Chase Edmonds. I like him. Forty six hundred bucks. Again, if you expect Arizona to be trailing, which you know Vegas does, they're you know two and a half, three point underdogs. I think that's going to be Chase Edmonds' time. Um, you know, get, getting a lot of work in the passing game. So I like him at that price tag. And then Trey Sermon for forty five hundred bucks. We don't know how touches are going to be divvied between Sermon and Mostert. I think like 
both guys could run for 100 yards in this game. Like that that's how dominant the Niners uh, running game could be against the Lions, you know, with positive game script, we could see like Garoppolo throw out 15 times and then run it like 40 times. And Sermon and Mostert could both hit. Um, and Mostert's just like a thousand bucks more. So um, I would, I'd prefer Sermon just for the, um, for the discount. Chase Edmonds for me is the kind of guy that I'm casting away this week because I don't think that the ceiling's there for him. Cause we, we, he's not nearly as good a bet to score a touchdown as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how high that target ceiling goes with all of the guys that they now have on that offense. That's very, yeah. The touchdown thing is a good point. Um, I don't expect them to use him around the goal line. Um, but again, you know, if we think that's going to be a shootout, a fast paced game, lots of plays and for 4,600 bucks, man, I still think he could catch four or five passes pretty easily. Why do that though? When you can get Rondell Moore for three K play them both. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the Saints. We talked about the situation for Alvin Kamara and switch over to wide receivers because for cash, I think you have to at least discuss Marquez Callaway at 3400 bucks. We talk about the targets available. Marquez Callaway is the number one receiver for that team right now. We'll see exactly what that looks like this week. But as you guys mentioned earlier, Traquan Smith is now completely out of the week one picture. He's on IR for at least the short term. So it's an even better situation for Marquez Callaway in a spot where we expect the Saints to probably be trailing the Packers in this game and playing some catch-up. It's tough for me, Mitch, to get away from Marquez Callaway at 3,400, and I probably don't even care how many other teams are playing him. Yeah, and I mean, especially if we're talking cash games, just lock him in and go go forward, you know, 3.4K. And uh, I think we're looking at a guy, whether they're efficient or not, he's probably looking at eight to 10 targets. I mean, he's they literally just need somebody who can get down the field. He can do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that Jameis, you know, if he's forced to throw the ball playing from behind against Green Bay, which we potentially could see happen fairly quickly in this game, I think that Callaway could rack up all the targets. And, and all of that is also irrelevant to me. He's 3.4K. He's the number one wide receiver for a guy who's thrown 5,000 yards before. Plug him in in cash and just don't overthink things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a borderline must play in cash, and the only reason it's borderline because is because there are so many good cheap wide receiver plays this week. You know, there's multiple guys at at the minimum three thousand. Marvin Jones is like thirty six hundred. T Higgins is forty seven hundred. Um, but yeah, Callaway is my favorite among those cheap guys. Just you know, as you guys have mentioned, the target projection we can give to him. Um, I I think he's a good player too. Like you know, he buzzed throughout training camp. He had that blow up game. Uh, in the second preseason week, you know, Jameis Winston obviously trusts him. You know, both those touchdowns where he was, you know, Kelly was covered, but Winston threw it to him anyways. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, for the targets at 3,400, um, Callaway's a pretty easy cash play. Mitch, anybody else you like in the cash conversation at wide up? Yeah, actually, I love what Jared said there. Uh, I wanted to circle back to uh, Trey Sermon. I thought that was a great call, by the way. Something I hadn't really thought of. Those second half carries, you know, could be up with a big lead. So I really like that. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention there was T Higgins and you nailed that one too. 4.7 K is a phenomenal, phenomenal price tag for T Higgins, massive upside and uh, a very strong floor for a guy who, you know, really came on last year. And I think that with Joe Burrow, you know, under, under center in week one, I think that could be a phenomenal play at four, seven. There's a lot of really good ones though, too. you know, if we're talking, you know, cash games, Terrace Marshall is a tough one to get away from at three K as well. Uh, although I think, you know, as a third wide receiver, you often want to kind of keep those guys like him and Rondell more, uh, more so for tournaments, but still the price does fit. So, you know, you could do something where you lock in these guys that we're all kind of like debating, right? Delvin cook, Christian McCaffrey, maybe even Kamara slam all three in at running back, running back flex. And then you throw out Callaway. Then you're throwing out Rondell Moore. you know, three K three, six, you know, Marvin Jones, three, four, whatever he is, you know, these guys, they all fit. 
and you're able to go with like super high volume at the three running back spots and then use these guys who potentially are looking at six to eight targets, you know, and they do have upside and they have a little bit of a floor just simply built in with the price. So it's a really interesting week. I think wide receiver is actually one spot. I'm finding a very difficult spot of, uh, you know, targeting the mid tier uh, pricing, unless I'm stacking, like I had done with Sam Darnold. It is really hard to look there and be like, Oh, I love DJ Moore at 6.1 K. You know, unless they're involved in a stack. So I'm intrigued to see what you guys have to say. Yeah, well, my, my lean so far in cash is, is actually to pay down a bit into that Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson range, and then and then go up to some higher ceiling wide receivers, even in cash. Like I, I mentioned A.J. Brown at 7,100. I'm, I'm you know considering him in cash. Um, I, I just think that's a good, a good price for this matchup. Again, I think Tennessee's passing game is going to have a, a ton of success and, and I want to build again, some ceiling into my cash game lineups this week. I, I just, you know, the, the 3k wide receivers, I like them all, but like, I, I just think two or three of them are going to disappoint. Like a lot of them are rookies. They're in, you know, shaky passing games or whatever. I, I just, I, I'd almost rather take the, the volume at running back, even if it's a bit less and get, take that savings and, you know, use it to pay up a wide receiver a bit. One, one other guy at wideout that I want to throw out is Michael Pittman at 4100 bucks, and it kind of transitions over to the, the tournament side more than cash because of all the options that we've mentioned at this point. But a similar situation to him for Callaway, not as extreme, but it sure looks like Michael Pittman's the number one wide receiver for these Colts who do get their starting quarterback back. We don't have to bet on Carson Wentz to like Michael Pittman at 4100 and probably at least as important is – we can game stack him with all those Seattle guys that we like. If Chris Carson goes off, if Russell Wilson and any of his wideouts go off and are scoring points, then the Colts are going to be chasing and probably throwing the ball a little bit more than they might like to going in. Yeah, I, lo- I like Pittman for tournaments. I don't think I'd use him in cash. I just I have too many concerns with that Colts offense with all the preseason injuries they had. Um, but I, I do like Pittman in tournaments, like you said, Matt, as a you know, game stack with the, some of those Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Mitch, what do you like for tournament wide receiver? Yeah, I was going to say there's there's actually quite a few of those guys, you know, below that mid tier. You know, we're talking five k and down that just look phenomenal this week. Uh, Lavisca Chenault at five k. It's really really hard for me not to like him. Was one of my favorite targets before the preseason game started, and only only made me feel more validated after we saw the way they tried to use him in the preseason. Paris Campbell is actually somebody I'm intrigued at three point seven k. The speedster out there. And Indy, if everyone's looking at Michael Pittman, give me Paris Campbell, uh, you know, probably half the ownership. Although, you know, we're talking 12 to like 6% drop. It's not terribly uh, important, but it, it, it does add up in the long run. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I really like. Jerry Judy at 4.8K against the Giants is someone uh, I'm all over in tournaments. You know, we're looking at T. Higgins and cash games, 4-7. And I think Callaway and Higgins are probably plug-and-play cash game options. Jerry Judy is one of those guys I'm going out of my way to plug in in tournaments this week. I really like his price tag at 4-8. And again, it's really tough after that to touch anybody between 5 to 7K for me. Everyone after that is just plug in the studs and just go. Yeah, lo- love the uh, Judy call. Just as like a pivot off of T. Higgins, who's going to be, you know, three times as owned probably. Um, I'm going to throw out one other cheap guy. Um, that I don't think anyone's going to play just because there's so many other options. Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, a guy who I'm, I'm high on season long. I, you know, everything out of Green Bay is, you know, he, he's you know potentially in for for a career. I think he's locked in as their number two wideout, and he's he's just a prototypical tournament play. Like he is boom bust, and maybe he'll be more consistent this season. But I still think he he has the weekly ceiling. Um, you know, he had five games of of uh, 17 plus 
DK points last season. Uh, the Saints' number two corner, Ken Crawley, is out. So I think that's a matchup upgrade for MVS. You know, the Packers have the high implied total. So uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling is probably going to be like 1% or 2% owned in tournaments. And I, I do think he has, you know, 20-point upside. I think you should save your four target wideouts for the FanDuel show. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add one more. And it's it, it's just the, uh, the Buffalo Bills fan in me. I'm, I'm super biased. Listen, if Emmanuel Sanders misses this game and there's just, yeah. you know, less – of uh, the pie that needs to be shared. Gabriel Davis at 3.4K, man. I, I I will find a hard time not plugging him and Judy in in a tournament lineup, especially like a single entry tournament uh, where they both have, you know, that downfield long touchdown potential on any given snap. So just wanted to throw that one in there before I moved on. Nice. Can't help so myself, let's... Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go to tight end now. And I think on the cash side, there's lots in that 4K range to work with. It's Kyle Pitts leading our dollars per point projections in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. Tough not to like his spot against the Eagles this week, especially if you expect him to be more wide receiver than tight end. TJ Hawkinson's in play at 4,900. I think once his target upside really starts kicking in, we're probably going to see him north of that number for most of the season. And then... Tyler Conklin, Jared, I started this week not expecting to think about him much this week, but full practices Thursday and Friday, 2900 bucks on mm-hmm. DraftKings. He's the lead tight end for Minnesota. Bengals allowed the six most PPR points to the position last year. He's in play for me in, in all contest types here. I'm not saying I'm going to go to him primarily, but I, I definitely can't look away from Tyler Conklin. Yeah, I think he's definitely in play if if you're going, you know, the punt tight end route. And I think a lot of weeks that makes sense. Um, to me, this week you don't need it, just with, as we said with the soft pricing. So um, it, it's going to be Kyle Pitts for me in cash at 4,400 bucks. I think it's very likely the cheapest you're going to see him all season. Um, good matchup against the Eagles. Good game environment. Um, Eagles safety Rodney McLeod, uh, McLeod is iffy for this game. You know that could be a matchup upgrade for Kyle Pitts. So you know I. I I didn't take much of him in season long. So I, I kind of want to get a piece just in case he, you know, breaks out and is, you know, instantly this stud tight end. And the reason Rodney McLeod's iffy is because he's still coming off the ACL tear that ended last season. He spent almost all of camp on pup. So even if he does play, he's not had a whole lot of work since then. So it's, it's certainly an upside matchup. Mitch, what do you like here? Yeah. So for both tournaments and cash games, Travis Kelsey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too cute here, especially since kind of the route I've been going here is, you know, I'm paying up at running back for cash and I'm paying down at wide receiver. And that was all by design because I wanted to make sure I could get Travis Kelsey, a guy who had had 22 or more points in uh, 13 games last year. He had 98 or more receiving yards and nine out of the last 11 scored a touchdown or more and eight out of the last 11. Uh, was on an absolute tear to close out the year. And it's not like any of that matters. It's Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to happen here and there and more frequently than it won't happen. So I can invest my money into a guy who has both a floor and a slate winning ceiling at a very volatile position instead of putting my money into other guys who are at the 4K price range for a reason. Now, if we're talking like a very large field tournament, I love me some Noah Fant this week. I'm all about those price point pivots. Again, you know, Kyle Pitts, I love him too. I'm going to have exposure. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to. But if you're somebody who's playing a single lineup weekly, there's some credence there to go a little, uh, you know, get, get a little spicy and use Noah Fant at 4.3K. Get that price point pivot in there and not sit there and eat somebody who's probably 15 to 18% chalk this week with Kyle Pitts. As, as Jared had mentioned, he's going to be one of the higher uh, points per dollar plays at the position for most most sites this week. So he's going to be quite chalky, I think. Mm-hmm. 
I think Austin Hooper is in that mix in the similar price range as well. 4,100, I believe, uh, on DraftKings this week. Upside to him versus the Chiefs. Um, ranked The Chiefs ranked right, right with the Bengals in terms of points allowed to the position last year. And we saw the Cleveland target tight ends quite a bit. 24% of Baker Mayfield's targets in that playoff loss. So upside to Austin Hooper there. He might be a little bit too similar to Tyler Conklin at 2,900 for me to really get to him this week. But <laughs> he's in play if you're playing around with multiple lineups. Jared, what else you got here? Yeah, Hooper was on my list, um, and I, I probably want him as part of a game stack with that game. I like both Eagles tight ends too. Um, I, I still, I still think you know that Goddard and Ertz might might finish you know in the top. Both of them might finish top three in that team in targets. Um, you know, Atlanta struggled covering most things last season. They that includes tight ends. They allowed the third most PPR points to tight ends last season. Um, so you know, Dallas Goddard forty eight hundred. You know, kind of a pivot off of Kyle Pitts there. And Zach Ertz, you know, down at 3,800, it feel, feels kind of gross, but um, it sure sounds like he's going to be a big part of that offense still this season. And the the Falcons seem like they downgraded at safety over the offseason. So, yeah, it's certainly a matchup that's plenty worth attacking. Defense to wrap things up here, I think, I think you have to start with Atlanta. It pops up at the top of the lineup generator for DK dollars per point because they're minimum priced. We've talked about all the good things that Jalen Hurts does for fantasy. Also in the last five games of last year, which included the second half that he played against Green Bay, he had four picks, six fumbles. So that's two turnovers per game, an 8% sack rate that was down from what Carson Wentz had, but also behind only three other starters in the league last year. So plenty of sacks possible, turnovers possible. He could score points and still be a good matchup for the defense. Yeah, Atlanta stuck out to me as like the, you know, stone minimum defense to target. Um, if, if possible, I like getting up to the Bills at 2,500. Um, you know, they're six and a half point home favorites. Mitch loves it. Um, <laughs> the Steelers surprisingly have, what is it, the, the sixth lowest implied total on the main slate at just 21 points. Um, but really, I just think, you know, the Bills are going to be playing with a lead in this game, and that's going to force a lot of passing from the Steelers, which is, you know, what we want in our fantasy defenses. That gives us sack and interception uh, potential. Yeah. So when I'm looking at these defenses, you know, Falcons, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, Your projections are on point because I think that's a phenomenal play. Uh, It's really hard not to like them in both cash and tournaments. Again, the pricing uh, is so soft that I think the ownership is going to be so flat that it doesn't matter where you use them. Uh, One defense I'm actually very intrigued to use in week one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So two years ago, they were an elite defense. They just fell off the face of the earth last year. Mm -hmm. They were miserable. And I think they have potentially, you know, they have a little bit of bounce back in week one here against Tyrod Taylor, who has had one career game with over 300 passing yards and 45 starts. How's the stat for you right there? I got another one for you. He's only ever thrown two or more touchdowns in four of those 45 starts. So you've already got a team that can't probably run the ball very well. And on top of that, they're not going to push the ball down the field very well. They don't really have the targets to do so either, and nor do they have a quarterback that could take advantage of that if they did. And now you're telling me you can get the Jags potentially playing from a lead with a nice, healthy team total. And now you've got the spread differential. So with defenses often in tournaments, you're looking for a team with a decent spread. Why is that? Well, because the team that's trailing has to throw the ball, which increases the opportunity for turnovers and sacks. I like the Jags at 2.7K. Nice. Got them down myself. Yeah, you probably make a lot of money just starting defenses against the Texans this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week one DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com. Now you can get more player recommendations. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. Come Saturday morning, 
we're going to be facing off against each other in the crown is ass challenge. Mitch, we'll, we'll talk to you offline about whether you're ready to jump in for this high stakes, not really high stakes competition with me and Jared. Um, but we'll show you who we're going to play in the lineups against each other in the post for this podcast. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free Draft Sharks Discord for Mitch Carl, Jared Smola, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew. I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us. <laughs> <laughs>